presents Vampire the Masquerade Hellfire Nights Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Bardic College Presents Hellfire Nights. I'm Raj, your storyteller, and the last time we left off, um, we were we had just found out that there is an ancient vampire that has awoken uh, from a slumber that lasts years and years and years, tens of years, and uh, is now asked for Ashenbrenner and Dr. Jackal to be brought before her, and she revealed some prophecy. Uh, she is she claims to be Morgay's. Uh, from the Arthurian legend, the sister to Morgan Le Fay. Uh, if you know anything about that, you probably recognize this. Prob- this isn't a good thing, but it's you know she is who she is. She's a Malkavian of the first of her line, supposedly in this in this kingdom and in this part of the world. So we're going to see what the boys want to do, and we're going to start with them f- just for a couple minutes, kind of tie up the loose ends. And the ladies have a lot to discuss politically. So, gentlemen, you find yourself in the carriage with Cush. Uh, your ever faithful <laughs> cab driver for the evening up on the top, complaining that he wasn't given the audience. Like wh- why, what the hell was Ashenbrenner allowed to see her? I've, I've never been in the presence of the great one. This is ridiculous. Every time I turn around, I'm Kush is being stepped on. Kush is being treated like awful. It's ridiculous, but he's moving you along. And his ass is uh, still but- sticking through the hole or is this a new carriage? Yeah. Just one cheek. That's fantastic. I'm very happy for that. <laughs> If anything Just else happens, that is something I'm very happy with. I do everything I can to make my players happy. So <laughs> if it's an ash cheek through the paneling of wood, it's, it's the least I can do for you. So since we're, we're going from the outskirts of London mm-hmm. all the way to Whitechapel, I assume that means we have a bit of time in the carriage. Oh, yeah, over an hour. Okay. So Ashenbrenner, I... I don't know exactly how to phrase this. So I'm, I'm. A lot has happened since we've uh, made company with each other, and uh, I've always been under the impression that well, Miss Agnes's uh, family was eccentric, and I was quite endearing to me. But over the last several evenings, I've come to question several things, and I was hoping you. Uh, might be willing to indulge me and uh, set aside any misgivings I might have. I, I'm afraid I may be going a bit mad, you see. So I'm just kind of staring out the carriage window and like, you know, the the father with the whole like, you know, daddy, where do babies come from? And it's like, fuck. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, it's deep, deep considering breath and um turn to the doctor and doctor whatever transpires the time we have spent together has indeed been enjoyable and i would like to thank you for that now i will extend my hand and uh horatio will pump it vigorously excellent that said I'm happy to answer any and all questions you have with the caveat that you take what I am saying as truth, 
not as superstition, not as an alternate opinion, but as the truth. Can you do that? Yes, well, that statement in of itself uh, starts to confirm some of my suspicions. So yes, I I most certainly shall, sir. Ask away. Uh, Now, I've been under the impression for these last couple of years that you're Ms. Mitzi and uh, Ms. Agnes and, well, uh, everybody that I've met in these last several years are just very eccentric upper echelon types and that you have a very macabre sense of humor with regards to vampires and living, being alive for hundreds of years and the drinking of blood and all that. And I've witnessed some blood drinking myself, but, well... Little bit of blood never hurt anybody, good in, good out, as they say. Um, however, as seeing poor Ms. Rennie in the morgue and having performed her autopsy, well, she suffered from many, many diseases and injuries that on their own would have proven fatal, yet. Just several nights ago, we saw her up and moving about, and then uh, this business in the crypt tonight, and I know Ms. Mitzi does love to play her little jokes, but she seemed even more out of sorts with what transpired than usual, and it makes me wonder if this was more than just one of her characteristic pranks. And what do you surmise, Doctor, is afoot? Well, if I didn't know any better, I would say that I have uh, somehow found myself stumbling into those works of fiction about the dead coming back to life to feast on the living and mad scientists cobbling together beings from the corpses of others like Mary Shelley put out a a dreadful little tale a few years ago. And it's... uh, The scientist in me finds this all very fascinating to think that there's a whole level of existence that I'd not previously contemplated, but uh, another part of me is uh, quite taken aback at this possibility. It it flies in the face of everything I know, everything I've been taught. I'm going to lean in. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio Jackal than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Hmm. Yes, well, that's uh, no offense, Ashenbrenner, but that is something that the priests have been telling me every single time I release a paper that challenges their limited view of the world. Is there something friendly I can do with any of my disciplines that would not... I don't know. With celer- with one in celerity, that's more of like a, a, a like a move. I'm really quick. Okay. Um, well, you're a little bit faster than a Jesse Owens, but are you ungodly fast? Not really. Yeah. You have teeth that you can extend in two seconds. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying. I'm putting myself in in you know a Victorian doctor's headspace, and it's like, oh, that could be prosthesis, you know, something like that. I'm just trying to think of something that is bap trying to you're trying to have that brad pitt moment uh brad pitt christian slater moment from the beginning of a interview exactly just something like that where it's like you can't dismiss it or debate it um 
But at the, yeah, because at the same time, it's like, you know, it, it, I feel like a lot of these things could be debated and tossed back and forth. I mean, even punching through the ceiling, oh, maybe the ceiling was weak, maybe he hit it at the right angle, something like that. Um, I kind of want to do something with Kush, but I don't trust Kush. Well, Kush could, <laughs> Kush has a dis- disciplines where he can, you know, do th- But again, they, the parlor tricks, if you're worried about that, um, like asking Kush, hey, do that thing that you do that it's like, you know, let's watch the monkeys do the trick. You know, it's, it's not, it's unbecoming. And I feel like even a Malkavian would be like, you know, like, that's not cool, dude. Well, even so, if you, if you burned, if you stopped the carriage yeah. and you went outside and wrenched the wheel off and tore the spokes out or lifted the, you could lift the carriage with a five strength. You could literally topple it over on its side and put it back. Yeah, that there'd be no way to just you know, yeah. you know, there'd be no way of that. No way to say okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, <clears throat> okay. I'm going to um, punch. You could punch, knock a horse out, carry a horse. You could carry a horse. <laughs> I want to knock a horse out. I okay, okay. So I'm going to sit there for a moment after I say that, <laughs> and um, I understand, Doctor. Mere words, um, mere words aren't going to uh, cut it. I'm going to punch Kush uh, in the asshole again, not using any strength, just <laughs> punching him in the asshole. Get- Are we dating, Ashton Brenner? Telegraph me Fuck. about it later. Uh, could you pull over to the side of a uh, somewhat less populated area, Kush? <sighs> Whoa. He br- reins the horses in. Uh, step out, open the door for the doctor. Okay. Kush, if you could um, dismount for a moment and keep an eye on the street. Yeah, he's got you in a place. It, it, it's still, you're, you're on the outskirts. You were only in the carriage maybe 15 minutes. So you're just coming back into like London districts, but he's got you down in an area where there's really nobody around. It's fine. Okay. Um, so what could I achieve putting five blood points. Like what is the most blood I could spend without being in- up to five up to five. Okay. Up to a five in any discipline. Okay. So your strength would max out at a five at your age. Okay. So what could I achieve with a five strength lift a carry lift? A, a, I would disconnect it from the horses, uh, be able to lift that over my head, just completely bench it and then put it back down. Carriage horses are probably anywhere from 800 to a thousand pounds. You could take the horse, get underneath it and lift his front legs right off the ground. Not the horse. But yeah, not the whole horse, but you could lift the front of it as if it was, you know, pretty effortless. How much does a carriage weigh? What a strange question. Probably about 400 pounds. Okay. So 500 pounds. Perfect. You can lift that. Okay. So I will, um, doctor, are you, are you watching? I'll, I'll roll up my sleeves and kind of do a, you know, nothing up my sleeve gesture. Um, and then I will I will spend the the appropriate blood points and then uh, lift the carriage up with one hand, just like a child's balloon, just effortlessly. That's amazing, Ashenbrenner. I thank you, sir. Then I'll, I'll put it back down, and it's clearly he's he's not getting it. No, no, no. I, if, if you don't mind, I, may I see your arm, please? I'll show him my arm. Um, and Horatio is going to try and take Ashenbrenner's pulse. He's going to like take out his little pocket watch and put the two fingers on the wrist and just sure for like a solid for like a solid like minute. Yeah, just stare at the watch. And then as 
the seconds tick by because he noticed that with his own heart rate having slowed down there there are medical tonics in his mind that may have that effect that also give you increased physical abilities because he right. is a bit stronger than he used to be but then as like a minute goes by his face starts to like kind of blank a little bit and then another minute goes by and he just completely expressionless um and then he'll snap the watch shut put it back in his uh waistcoat thank you ashen brenner i i do believe my suspicions have been confirmed what that means i wish not to dwell on this evening but let, let us Continue on. I promised you revelries tonight, and we shall have revelries as we discuss uh, what needs to be done with this information we've been given and what our proper course of action should be. Can I do some sort of a, uh, well, I certainly can't do empathy, uh, some sort of uh, a check to see, like, is he just, are, are, are his eyes just gone glassy, or is it like, okay, I'm beginning to actually understand? Like, did I just potentially break him or break him free? There would be no role for that. You're standing right next to him, doctor. You just tell him to. Do you look? Do you look? Yeah. You know, he looks very deep in thought. Okay. okay good. 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 Um, and inside Horatio's head, just for the listeners, uh, more than anybody else, if uh, there was a psychic in the room, you may have heard a little bit of a snapping sound. Hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, actually, I can do that. I'd like to use. Uh, I'd. I'd like to read his aura. See how that. Okay. Goes. Uh, just at this point, uh, it sounds as if he is in a state of, of, of understanding and recognition. Uh, doctor, do you feel fear over this or is it more that you've come to grips with it? More, more the coming to grips. Like, I don't think Horatio, like he understands that if they are what he now suspects them to be, that he could theoretically be in danger, but he's also been around them for, you know, a couple of years now and, other than the occasional, we need you to kind of cut your palm for us. He's not been put into any real danger. So he's, you know, academic. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Well, so yeah. So, so we'll hop back in and I mean, uh, yeah. Um, doctor, if you would like to direct Kush as to where we're going, um, I can maybe give you a little more insight. Yes, I, that would be much appreciated, Ashenbrenner. Uh, Kush, if you could, uh, please, to the uh, Whitechapel and uh, one of the districts more populated in the evenings by those who may not be missed. I'm sure you know exactly what I mean. He, uh, circus tricks all done? Excellent. Kicks the, uh, snaps the horses and makes his way down deeper into London. Okay, so Rosmond, you made your way after the books and everything, were you heading back to the Chantry to do any, um, to do the spells that you were thinking of uh, studying tonight or what was your other plans? Check on Rennie maybe, but we don't have to RP that, but yeah, just get some components because there's a couple things after the Evelyn talk that she's like, okay, I got to figure out if a backup plan, if she doesn't want, if she wants to agree to do my plan of let's give Ashenbrenner an art piece that he can focus on rather than just sending him off to Tebby, basically. So she's got to figure that out too. Okay. To go downstairs to check on Ren Rennie, you obviously you're allowed. You're a full member of the Shantry. That's not a problem. When you walk in, there is no, there is no Rex right now. And it does take time to produce a gargoyle. So the house is empty and no one announces your presence. 
which feels very awkward to you, very odd. There's always been something there. Uh, it wasn't always Rex, but Rex has been in the position a long time. You make your way down to the basement, and it's just it's everything you would not want to have seen. Um, there are several Tremere's sitting in in cultist type robes of black and purple, uh, guarding the points of the star that Rennie has been splayed out in. Her blood has been drained into different chalices. Uh, she is being the blood is being mixed through beakers and taken over to a table. All these unctions are being mixed in with it of green slime and uh, this ooze and you know bubbling blackness. The blood is being ran through there multiple times and then comes out into a still where it's you know siphoned and, and cooled. Rennie is in no; she's just being changed. The rest of the stuff for this evening, because there is no Tremere announcement announcer to general news, a lot of the family has been scattered trying to keep up with information that they normally would share. So some of the younger ones are out among the city checking on contacts, checking on ghouls, because no one during the day who's a ghoul to the family can come in, tell Rex, and then Rex discern that knowledge out through the team. So there's a lot of disruption right now in the Chantry. Uh, it's not critical disruption, but you're not as aware and moving quickly as quickly as possible. Uh, so your night, right. you do go on and you take you do take care of the other things you were doing, and uh, you go through the book that Evelyn gave you. You just you're reading some of the the names, making sure that's all taken care of, and then we'll unless there's something that we haven't talked about on off air, we'll go forward from there. Nope, we're good. Back over to you, Evelyn. Uh, Simona has retired for the evening. She was working on Needlepoint and uh, also, you know, thinking about what, what fashion designers she was, you know, what dressmakers she was going to go to first tomorrow evening when the carriage was brought up for her and things of that nature. Is there anything else you needed to check on do before the retirement of this evening and the arrival of your guest? Well, I need to send a missive to Kiernan inviting him to my home the following night um, for 1 a.m. And then um, if Simona's retired, I'm not going to disturb her because she seems pretty on board already with the plan. And I also don't want to provide too many opportunities for her to say, no, what? And try to rethink it. It's like, this is already in motion. This is happening. This is what we're going to do. You're not going to knock on the door and discuss the that the prince is coming, or did you want to just let her know that part? I'm going to let her know in in what would be our quote-unquote morning the following night before she goes out. Okay, so everybody for the next day, gentlemen, you still are in the scene. Uh, Ashenbrenner, you definitely burned a lot of blood, but we'll get back to that. Yeah. Uh, everyone else who's going to advance through uh, to the next evening, make sure you burn a blood point. And then Evelyn... Uh, you and Simona meet at the staircase before she goes out. You have she has her your main one of your main ladies that work in the house who's very good uh, taking Simona wherever she wants with the coachman. She'll address the coachman for her. Simona's going to go to her favorite dress shops. The woman the women already know her measurements. They know her styles, her linens, her favorite silks. Uh, so she, I guess, she descends the stairs. Simona, darling, well rested. Yes, I had a very pleasant, relaxing evening, probably my first in a while. Thank you again so much for your generous hospitality, Evelyn. You are most welcome. It's it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, 
Usually it is just I in the house, and it's been lovely having another person to speak with in the evening. With that being said, um, I have a guest arriving. I figured that you weren't just sending me out dress shopping for my own personal entertainment. I figured you needed to have some privacy, and I understand. Uh, when sh- when will I be permitted to return? Permitted? No, I, I would just like him to to enter the home and have a discussion. Um, w- perhaps 12, 1 o'clock would be perfect, because we will be entertaining another guest, an important one, at 1 o'clock. I've invited Kiernan here tonight. And with that, Simona drops her small beaded purse that she had in her hands on the ground, and she is looking at Evelyn in just absolute shock, and she goes, The prince. Yes. Already. Correct. Uh, so it'll be you and I speaking to him? And Rosamond and my guest. I see. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I, and she bends down to pick up the purse. Normally she's more put together. This is, you know, she's very nervous, very anxious. Um, forgive me, Evelyn, I'm so sorry. I just, I'm just a bit worried. You know, certainly you can understand it. I mean, I don't know. I'm worried about Bastion and Ashenbrenner, how are we going to explain their parts in this? What did you and Ashenbrenner talk about in uh, in the office last night? I don't think that he and I see exactly eye to eye on how to address the current situation. Then we do not care what he says. We need to, if he doesn't see eye to eye, my suspicion is confirmed and we need to move quickly so, Rosamond is of the same vein as I am, as you are, that Elijah is dangerous, needs to be put down, and we need to get to Kiernan quickly. What about Bastion? If we get to Kiernan and explain everything before he finds out on his own about Elijah's plot and Bastion's involvement in it, we can pitch it and persuade that we need him for evidence, and he'll at least and he'll be kept alive until then. Very well. Um, I could arrange to have him brought here quickly. I know you can. I... Evelyn sighs, resigned. Like I should just say it. He'll be here in an hour. <laughs> um, darling, my sire is arriving this evening. I can get Bastion for you. Is that the special guest who will be speaking to the prince with us tonight? Yes. They have an accord. I see. Well, I think we should try to keep Bastion Brenner out of this as much as we can. I've spoken to Rosamond about it. She presented an excellent idea. I was going to let him loose on Tevi, potentially unleashing all the mages in the Jewish quarter on us, but she uh, stilled my hand. And I'm going to find Ashenbrenner a lovely little workspace down by the docks. And 
Rosamond will provide the materials. We'll give him an artistic project. Something to spark his beautiful Toreador mind, said with complete sarcasm. Excellent. Well, go do what I do best and find something suitable to wear. And I will meet here at midnight tonight. And with that, she just excuses herself. She is, she still seems a little uncomfortable about seeing the prince tonight. Like she wishes that she had a little bit more, I guess, warning, um, maybe to try to get her like affairs in order before she met with him. Um, But she goes out to the carriage, steps in, and she's ready to go. Evelyn, um, so Simona makes her way out that way. Evelyn, you're there, and probably a little after 10 p.m., uh, pretty much maybe about 35, 40 minutes later than you were hoping he'd arrive, uh, the d- door does, uh, there's a knock. Anthony runs up to the door, fixes his coat, brushes himself off, opens the door, and he, you hear, oh, yes, of course. This way, sir, you are most expected. And in walks very handsome gentleman. Uh, you know him as your sire. Uh, Niccolo Machiavelli enters into the building, dressed in modern garb, obviously. Very well put together. Very well dressed, thanks to not only his business ventures, but some of your own money that you've always been generous enough to support your sire's love affair with fashion. Uh, and he makes his way in and he sees you and he's like, my, my child, this is so good to see you. You look lovely. Thank you. And might I just say, things are not well in London and having you here is a comfort. <sighs> things are not well in London. <laughs> this is a trifle for us right now. We have so many projects to speak of, but I will hear, of course, everything that you you in, you spoke briefly in your letters about may we any points towards your office absolutely she she guides him in pours him a beverage acquired from the wine cellar he t- he take he smiles and takes it sits on the couch his walking stick is magnificent um his clothes are handmade well until he broke the tailor's fingers uh stuff like that he just you know with the cane snapped them off but he's perfectly attired mid late thirties, early forties, the hair's cloth properly. And he sits down and he takes a sip and he's like, mm, most fresh. I thank you for this after my long journey. Of course. And if you require more, I have um, several vintages to sample from <laughs> downstairs. <laughs> no, please. I would not want to. Take up the whole evening when there is so much to do, by your own admission. But we will definitely celebrate our reunion, I hope, properly over the next several days. So, daughter, what is going on here in the shithole? Well, the the shithole is about to be in chaos if we don't move quickly to remove the offender. People aren't happy with the prince for various reasons. What has he done? There's a minor 
there was a minor issue with the Toreador. I'll get to that later. That's the larger issue. He's closing the Hellfire Club, first of all, because the humans have caught on to the fact that vampires exist, but the legends of our kind have been circulating for hundreds of years, but modern technology advances in police investigation. He's concerned that the masquerade will be destroyed and has thus decided to close the Hellfire Club because he doesn't believe in fun. So like a dog with his tail between his legs, Kiernan Fraser proves once again he is a pup. Yes. Interesting. I thought he would have grown balls by now. You'd think. Not to in any way suggest that women cannot be strong. It is merely that his gender precludes that you would think by now they would have dropped for him. Continuing the narrative that Kieran is a child, there's some sort of issue between him and Elijah, something about turning someone, eating someone. One man coveted a woman, another man wanted her as well, took what he wanted. It, it's a tale as old as time. And, and it is, it's not a good enough tale to throw the city of London into chaos. Elijah, the Toreador Primogen, is making moves against the prince. But daughter, if your prince is suggesting that we go deeper into the shadows and this Elijah wishes to depose him, these are things that plague music to my ears. Why are we not contacting the bishops? Is, it not, is this not perhaps the time to make the move? To bring the city into our control? Let, let London suffer one of its tragic moments, but we would come out in, on, in the realm of power. We would take and control this city and turn it into something that it always should have been, a seat for our family. Does this not seem like the time to do so? As much as I would love to see the bishops sitting in London, to have you here with me, to control this great city together, I believe, and I do believe this, Niccolo, that if we strengthen our position with the prince now, it will be easier to take him down later. I'm close, but not close enough. If he puts me at his left hand, I can stab him with my right. Uh, see, I understand this move. So tell me about this Elijah. If the intelligence we have regarding the primogen of the city is sometimes hazy, what uh, is this a man that we could use? Is this someone we could manipulate or take advantage of his position and his current dispute with the prince? I can tell you that he's not fond of me. He He's going to love me, then. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Everyone <laughs> loves you. <laughs> Whether or not See. they know it, they do. <laughs> I, Elijah sided with a Jewish magi by the name of Tevi Brankowitz, and is he set fire to two of his own people's havens. To make it seem... Elijah did. Yes. I produced the map. He laid this map out for us as a clue. A, I wouldn't call it a trap. 
But this was left in... It's very convoluted. But this was left in a Nosferatu lair. Myself and several vampires that have become a group. A group that was put together by Kiernan to search for a missing Nosferatu primogen. This map was found in his haven. And if you see my, here, my daughter, my daughter. Yes. Are these marks true? Are these actually the locations of the members of Clan Toriador now that we know? Yes. Or that <laughs> you're holding a map of the Toriador Havens. Correct. I had a copy made. This isn't the original. They handed it to me. To me. My daughter, there's so much we could use. Please, think clearly. Let me contact our friends. Let us bring the Inquisition. It's time to put London right on its ass and to seize the power. You would be left here, my daughter. You. Think of it. Not only running this business, but being able to put a yoke on all these shits that have for so long stood in our way. This city is a cesspool it is a sore on the ass of our spirit and our kind. But we could turn it into something great. It could be another, it could be a Venice in the West. Something, something that the rest of the world will look at and understand. And the people, they will know their place. I'm used to you seizing what you want by the throat. Think through this, my daughter. Think. Are you sure? That we want to prop up a puppet on a night when we could burn and rule the city once and for all. He takes another drink. Father, you may not like this, but the puppet arrives in several hours. Who? Kiernan here? Yes, I invited him. <laughs> because I have a Toreador that is opposed to Elijah... Her haven has been burned. Her sire, Bastian Moreau. Do you know him? Of him? I know the man. He's There's not much to speak of. I agree. He's hiding in Italy, in our territory. And I thought we could use them both to completely depose Elijah. Are you suggesting that we take these two Toreadors and bring them to our side and to our way of thinking? Put them through the ritual of anti-tribute? If I know Simona, the woman staying with me, the Toreador whose home is burned, she points to the map. The painter. The, yes. She um, waves her hand around the room. A friend of mine. I love when you use that term. Go on. <laughs> I have so many. I have to have some. It would take persuasion to bring her to us. But right now, she feels she has no one. She has willingly come into my home. She accepts everything that I offer, and I offer it willingly. I want to see more people, more of the kindred, think our way. Because we're not so different. The main difference between you and I, and the Camarilla children, is that we can make the proper choices. And... We're, we're smarter. We put ourselves into positions of power. These people that, Kier, that Kiernan has aligned me with. Every night, 
They meet in my home. And we discuss important matters. I... I have a feeling that we can make this work. Work with me. You hold counsel here. Yes. They willingly come to you. Correct. Everything you say brings me great joy. It really does. I'm just not sure I understand exactly why you would wish to leave Kiernan. I hear you. I do, my daughter. Is it for bloodshed that you fear? What is what is holding you back? My own life. I'm. You will be ashamed of me for saying it. I fear for my own life. There's a knock at the door. Yes. Sorry, ma'am. He goes running over. You, it's the front door. You. I'm sorry, sir. The mistress will take. There is no. There, sir, excuse me. It'll just take a moment, please. I. This is very, very urgent. My family is in dire trouble, and I need, I need Miss Wolf's to get this done herself. Sir, you don't understand. My family. He's like, sir, we are not taking guests. Niccolo looks at you like, what the hell? Um, I stand up. I'm like. One moment. And I'm so excited to do this. She throws the door open, slams it behind her. What is the meaning of this? Are, are, are you Evelyn Wolf? Yes. I, I'm sorry, ma'am, madam, for this intrusion at such a late hour. Uh, my name is is Henry Bartholomew. And I, I, my family, ma'am, is, they are stuck in India. We are, we are a very rich family of merchants, tea merchants, you see. And there's been an uprising in the village. And my, my son has, has sent me a wire saying that, the, that our house has been burned, our estate, and that there's been killings on the estate and that my family has fled. I need them to be able to get back home to me right away. I'm here on business doing the, the venture deals. And, and I just need them... I, I need your assurance, ma'am, please. Stop. Just please, my card, please. The door opens and Niccolo walks out as well, and he's standing in the hallway. Is this a human or a kindred? Human. But he's, he's, you could, his heartbeat is elevated, he's sweating, this, he looks nervous. He looks like he's truly in distress, and his family is in dire straits, and you're a shipping company. He came late, he knows that, he's begging your forgiveness, he, he has the wire in his hand, from Western Union, it's or from actually whatever the one in Europe would have been. It's you know, and it it, it says you know about his family. He's holding out a business. He's like, Madam, I'm sorry, but please tell me you will take my case. Please tell me you will help my family. Please. Anthony, take his card. Nicola, he looks and says, "But, Madam, sir, please, if if you have any any influence with this young woman, please." And he hands Excuse Nicola the card. Me. He passes me and goes to Niccolo. He walks past me. No, Nick, he just re- th- st- extends the card. He he is in, remember the time, Lauren. It's it's 18, you know, no, it's I understand. But so he's he sees a gentleman. The gen- He's trying to appeal to the gentleman, a man to man. Sir, if you, you have a wife and child, I'm sure, please, if you'll just. I would do anything for my daughter. And he takes the card and he says, we will call you tomorrow. We will expedite this immediately. But for now. You must go. We it is late, and we are in a very important meeting. I have your card. Trust me, you'll be taken care of. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. I, I'll wait to hear from you in the morning. Thank you, sir. And he starts to walk away. Anthony shows him the way out. Thank you, daughter. Please, he would have only made a scene or a mess on the carpet. And he hands you the the, the card and walks back into the office. 
No. You were saying? I just want to know from you that this is not you shrugging the responsibility that I raised you to take on. A city is a, is a big task, I know, but you are ready for this. I would be there to help you. Think. We could bring Kiernan here. Take him. Hold him. Quell the other primogen. Make them meet with us. Have our bishops lie in waiting. And seize the city. Think of it, Evelyn. Think just for a moment. You instilled the first female cardinal in the West. You could do this. But I speak too much. I put you here to do what you've done, and you have done an amazing job. If you think the time is not right, I am not ashamed of the decision. I leave it in your capable hands. He looks at you. He says, but no, you could do this. You've given me much to think on. So, what time does he arrive? One. <laughs> Plenty of time. He takes another big gulp, sets the cup down, stretches. Ugh. If I may take my bags up to my room and freshen up just for a few moments, it would bring me great pleasure. Absolutely. Um, your suite, uh, the, the usual one, has been prepared. Would you like me to call a servant to bring them up for you, or I could bring them up? You, you needn't carry the bags. Don't be silly. This is your home. I would have you never carry my bags. Ask one of your servants if they would mind. Absolutely. Anthony grabs the bags. Um, you make your way upstairs to the, the room. You've redone it since he's last been here. It's been even more made, you know, even prettier. There's better draperies in here. You're always looking to fine tune the room for his, his arrivals. Everything, you know, is where it should be. He steps in, he takes off his, his jacket, hangs it up, says to fill in some of the blanks. Um, I have heard rumors that you were speaking, uh, the primogen of this clan Nosferatu, the sewer rats, the, he is still missing or do you now know where he is? Yes, he's still missing. The events of the past several nights have made us neglect looking for him, unfortunately. Hmm. Shame we could have used him as well if we decided to move. Let me ask you a question. For years now, you've been reporting that Kiernan is still tight with the warlocks, that he is still has them in his other pocket. Is this still true? Yes. What have you done to try to discredit them? Anything? Besides my own personal opinion, there's no discrediting them. Father, they're so close that in front of the entire community of London, with the Hellfire Club closing, Kiernan is concerned about who is coming in and who is going. And he requested that I provide for him lists, documents detailing the arrival of... Of the arrival of, of Kindred in the coming months before the, uh, the closing party of the club. His eyes go super wide. He says, are you making this list? I made a list. 
Oh, daughter, why didn't you tell me this? Now I understand your mind and how it's thinking. We get them all together. We follow them in and out of the city. We make sure we know where they are and where they're staying. And I've been asked personally by the prince. I cut him off. I normally don't do this. And I've been asked personally by the prince, and he, has, and he said it in front of the entire community. Everyone moves through me. I bring them in. I place them. I know where they're going. <laughs> and he thinks I'm doing it all above board, so to speak. You are right to be patient. Many we could kill this way. Many we could put. We could bring to our side or bury for eternal sleep. <sighs> he hugs you. He goes, this is better than a city. This can weaken Europe and put it firmly in our grasp. This is the long game you have been telling me about for so, for through so many of your letters and your, your missives. Kisses you on the forehead, he says, my little angel. Slowly we shall open the gates of hell. I want to cry. <laughs> that and, with, and with that, we'll call it a night. <laughs> so we're going to leave here next time we're going to open up with uh simona doing her dress shopping dr jackal and horatio having their fun night out in the town rosamond getting back in we'll actually start probably with rosamond she had a small part over the last couple hours because of the way things had worked out but uh, i want to thank everybody for listening being a part of this as you can see london is <laughs> there are there are several definite camps built and they're all vying for a massive amount of power that is up for grabs so it's going to be absolutely insane over the next couple of nights. Players, thank you so much. You guys did thank a great you. job tonight. Woo. Um, uh, <laughs> so Horatio is moving to America. <laughs> <laughs> did you take your Tums, Mike? Did, were, were they fruity? Yeah, they, my fruity, fruity Tums. I went through the entire pack. I want to I wanna shed a happy tear. Like, this was one of my favorite things I've ever role-played. I'm so happy for you. I'm going to fucking answer. Now Antarctica. I have to kill you. <laughs> what you and i knew you could never trust a la sabra to be above board that list is a fake no it's not it's there a- are just details omitted <laughs> exactly thank you for listening to hellfire nights you can like share and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts to help support our network of real play adventure shows, please visit us at patreon.com forward slash the Bardic College. And for as little as $3 a month, you can get access to behind the scenes reels, interviews with players and storytellers, and exclusive adventures featuring your favorite characters from our shows.